previously last week. You all were recruited by Delta Green and packed to new airplanes sent north. Flying hours and hours upon end, you arrived in Alaskan airspace, touching down on a rather shaky runway. As you screech to a halt, you hear the bay doors of the C-130 groan open. Metallic shudders reverberate through the titanium deck, humming over the whine of the plane's idling jet engines. Biting wind cuts through your arctic gear. Tearing your eyes as your group is escorted into the blizzard towards a tiny shack piercing through the snowdrifts and ice that surround the crack and disused runway. Having reviewed the relevant case files on this particular missile silo has not filled your team with confidence. Rampant discipline issues, widespread reports of drug use, general poor morale combined with the remote isolation of this installment leads you to believe that this is a conflagration of discontent within the ranks. And that was all before the disappearances. Sloshing through the neglected walkway, you stomp through the knee-high snow that, sir, that should have been shoveled. Shivering the snow off of you, each of you huddle through the cheap tin doors, scanning ID badges under a single camera whose solitary red light flickers denoting its functionality. Too much time passes before BING! An elevator door opens, the seamless wall into which you pile into, beginning the long descent downward. There are no floor indicators. Thirteen men, thirteen young, healthy recruits vanished without a trace, no bodies. Nothing. Initially, you thought it to be some clever arrangement with the supply pilots smuggling them down to the lower 48 to desert, but were disregarded as unlikely. Babysitting operations, stings, and even planted pilots. Videotapes? They all confirm one fact. No one has left, come in or out of this installation for the past year, until now. Now, a series of disappearances have spread to the surrounding silos, and you review the facts in your mind as the elevator descends down further into the silo. With that, we're going to go ahead and introduce our characters for this evening. Coffee? I'm playing Greg Time, a 34-year-old DEA, or no, uh, CDC crisis manager. Underappreciated these days. I gained uh, knowledge of the mythos on a that on a uh, raid we conducted on a chemical company that seemed to be driving people insane uh, with their runoff. The head of the company had a black book that uh, whispered to you whenever you tried to read it. Goodness, my god, them chemicals. I mean, I took chemicals once and, and I heard whispers, but I think that's different. Lair! Uh, I am playing Dr. Dar uh, Dr. Delta Clark, uh, an amp. A professor of anthropology at the Arizona State University. Um, my, uh, I discovered the mythos after a an odd artifact came to uh, was to be studied to be placed into a museum. Uh, for some reason, inscriptions on this artifact were not discernible to any language known, and so thankfully it had connotations with uh, Latin and ancient Greek but something was odd about the artifact itself, after which it was uh, secured by government by uh, government forces and I was, and my notes were taken. And, the, and given what they had found in them, I was brought into Delta Green. Wonderful. Clearly two extremely qualified individuals to join and discover what's going on and why these disappearances are occurring at these missile silos in Alaska thrown together at the last moment. You're not sure if you can trust each other, but for this, should be able to knock each other, knock out this assignment and get back down, back to your lives. And that's what you're thinking of as the doors creak open and a waft of smoke billows into the elevator, glowering at you. Flip, flip. Arms crossed as a big man chomping a cigar under huge aviator sunglasses. Four stars of a general sit on one of his corn-fed shoulders. He turns and starts talking like a man used to men stepping in line behind him. Look, suits. Listen up, because I'm only going to say this once. While you're here, you're following my orders to letter. No fuckery. We here are the long way from Washington. And while I'm sure down south you're used to having your balls cupped, 
Well, having yes-men choke down your chism, we ain't got room for that horse shit up here. The bear's on the move in Europe, and we are the only thing standing between the U.S. and the rats. We must maintain responsibility capability, and anyone that fucks with that will be sent on a long walk upstairs, Caprice. Caprice? Understood. Yes, sir. That's right, well, already at reduced levels of personnel and we can't afford to masturbate with bullshit like you do all the time down at your desks down under. Uh, Walking through the maze of catwalks in the general's wake, you pass by row after row of archaic missiles, rust, metal patches with flaking paint bathed in continuous gases that billow through the silo from numerous charging points with loose-fitted hoses that snake away up into a shadowy ceiling. Crossing the threshold, through these gantry ways, you've come to the largest room yet. You find a control room that looks more at home in a movie set of Doctor Strange. Huge... oh, Doctor Strange Glove. Strange Glove? What? Strange Glove. What was that movie? Help me out here. Doctor Strange Love? I don't know what movie you're referencing. Oh, I know the movie. I know the movie. I've heard of it. I just forgot like how it's spelled. I think it's Strange Love, but... No, no, no. It's Strange Glove because he has the phantom hand. Oh, I fuck. haven't seen the movie. I know the name, though. Doctor Strange Love. It's Doctor Strange Love. Oh, God. I'm stupid. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Is All it right. the one from 1968? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Doctor Strange Love. All right. You guys pass by these huge banks of computers that fill the walls of the room, croaking and chirping as privates feed punch cards into them, sending cascades of light rippling along their halogen tubes. Monitors the size of refrigerators containing screens no longer than an iPad are interspersed with more modern equipment, still 20 years old, but a masterpiece of patchwork IT. Well, uh, Very nice operation. Damn straight. We are the tip of the spear out here. I'm not sure where you want to begin. I'm supposed to cooperate with your investigation fully. <laughs> you guys all look around. Go ahead if you'd like to make um, take an alertness check or something along those lines, uh, lines as you try and look around and see if anything's out of the ordinary. Forensic, maybe? Uh, okay, so if I roll for that, what is uh, what am I looking at? So if you look in your character sheet, you'll see a bunch yep. of skills. You're going to see percentages. Some of them will be filled in, so you're probably going to want to look for one of those skills that you're actually skilled in and roll yep. with that to investigate. I've got alertness, and then I've got forensics. So go ahead and roll either of those, and then you're going to want to roll under that skill. Uh, the number on the box or the number right beside it? number right beside it is probably going to be big... Uh, Oh, uh, in the box, the base it, the level one... skill is right beside it, in quotes. Okay. okay. So if it's alertness 20% and then 50 beside it, I have to roll under a 50? Correct. Okay, I roll below for alertness. Wunderbar. So you're looking around, and you see a bunch of these 20-year-olds, no older than 20, studiously avoiding eye contact, feigning absorption in the green text of their DOS screens, their DOS terminals. Everything in the silo, it could have been pulled directly from war, war games, giving the phantom impression that some ghost in the machine could infiltrate the launch mechanisms beneath. Impotent hands sending arcing motes of nuclear hellfire to realize the Fallout series. And then you see one of these teens sneak a glance up at you, and from his brow, it's glistening with sweat. Despite the cooled, recycled air circulating from the desert wastes above, his breath it's short, it's coming in little bursts, and he is pouring beads of sweat. Alright, well, I'm gonna leave you all to it, I'll be in my office, and he general storms out. Uh, let's see. He seems like a very kind man, doesn't he? Well, with how it seems like he's working crudes, I certainly... I, I certainly know that I'm happy I'm where I am in my career, but I think that we should begin an investigation. Uh, we should ask the recruits as to what exactly has happened on the nights. Maybe they can offer us some information. People right. talk. At the very least, I'm sure we'll hear some tales of worker mistreatment. Oh, for sure. That general. I, I, like I said, I'm very. Fu it's men like that that are that give me every reason to continue with my profession. And as you guys get down to the finer aspects of aspects of how you're going to go about 
pursuing this investigation, the room around you continues to buzz with activity. These kids are moving between the terminals, a couple of them are taking giant stacks of these punch cards, and you're noticing that these punch cards are, there's like baskets that they're moving in between the different terminals, and there's printing machines that printing them out uh, and punching the holes. Can I notice anything on the screens that might stand out? Any small texts? You're looking at essentially the matrix scroll by. It is that green font of the DOS terminals, and unless you have any experience with computer science, it'd be very difficult to exactly tell what's happening because all of this is... It's in English, it's using, you know, the alphabet, but it's, you know, quotation A, B, plus C, if then, A, C, comma, six, seven. Okay, well... Call coding speak. Well, um, I think we should ask the general if we can do interest to what has, if there's anything that has occurred. Like, I'm sure he's probably conducted thorough interviews of his subordinates, so at the very least we'll get some information from them. At this point, point, a lieutenant snaps up to your position and, giving you a stiff salute, lets you know, um, uh, good evening, gentlemen. I've been assigned by the general to give you a thorough tour of the facilities and help you with any questions you might have. Oh, well, that's nice. Uh, We are wondering if, uh, after ever off, uh, and actually, I'm going to actually see, like, mind if we speak in private? Of course, right this way. And he's going to lead you out of the room over across the gantry ways. And you guys up at this position, I'd say, are 100, 150 feet over the lower levels. These missile silos descend quite a ways down below. And you can see through the dispersed light, a lot of this main, a lot of this facility is, yeah, the maintenance record probably wouldn't hold up against an audit. There are flickering lights, there are way too many of these, like, spilling gases that hug and descend down the missiles as they disappear down into shadows below you. He leads you out into the middle of one of these gantry ways, and there is a constant hum of machinery. You hear, coming from one of the missiles, this filling sound of liquid being stirred, and it's gonna offer you all the cover of being, uh, prevent anyone from overhearing you. I, um, I want to give us somewhere private because I'm not certain because I'm not certain how many people know about the disappearances and I'd rather not cause panic in the ranks. Understood, and I don't think you're going to have to worry about causing panic. Essentially, everyone knows and is very hyper-aware of the disappearances, and I don't think you could make anyone any more nervous than they already are. I mean, honestly, just your your presence here and knowing Uncle Sam is, is trying to look into the matter is, is very reassuring, and hopefully we'll get to the bottom of this. And I'm, that's why I'm sure the, the General has assigned me to give you any kind of information that you might need that might help with your investigation. Well... What do you know of the disappearances yourself? <sighs> well, uh, they started about a year ago. I mean, this is a isolated place. You know, we don't have internet or access to the, the nicer things. I mean, sometimes someone will bring in a cache of movies and we'll have those to watch and rewatch and watch again and again. It's something, you know, it keeps the <laughs> keeps the old wheels turning and makes uh, life more bearable up here, but eventually everything becomes stale and... I mean, we just thought that the disappearances were because people were were leaving, you know? They were they finding some way to get get themselves back down south, back to civilization, and they just kept uh, going. In, in, uh, with what we experienced coming in, I doubt it. Right, I mean, I guess it was just wishful, wishful thinking on our part. We didn't want to believe that they were just walking and going upstairs and then going for the last long walk. I mean, you know, sometimes it'll get to you and you think about ending it all, but... I mean, uh, can can I trust you guys to keep some something confidential? Of course. Just don't put it in your report. It's it's really important to the morale up here. I'm making sure that we're all ready to respond in case the worst happens. Actually, um, now you mentioned that sort of thoughts. Uh, have, did you know any of the disappearing vic- any of the victims? Personal. Oh yes, I know all the people under my command here. I mean, I was just recently promoted, and and I I'm kind of uh, still getting used to the position, but I definitely uh, knew most of the individuals that you know, Lars and 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 Crafty. They they were good friends of mine, and I mean, sure, they were a little bit on the the more wild side, a couple of loose cannons, but I didn't, I never thought they would actually go and resort to anything so drastic. Uh, were they kind of were they what you would call on the edge? 
as you so put it? Well, I mean, no more than the rest of us, and I mean, that's why I was kind of kidding to earlier, is that one way that we deal the stress of this position is by taking the edge off with, uh, substances. Substances? Well, sure. I mean, you know, some people will come through with a batch or shipment of, uh, you know, feel-good pills, uppers, downers. I myself <laughs> like to stick with the pill, uh, with the little bit of ecstasy, just, you know, to self-care. And... Do you think that the rest of the of your of the people that disabuse such substances? I honestly don't think there is a soldier up here that isn't using ecstasy, at least. How about were any of them looking for some more exotic? I that's about as hard as deep as I dip the toe in, and honestly, I try not to judge the other soldiers like whatever it takes to make sure that they're uh, uh, the best they can be, you know, and all that. Ev, okay. Uh, uh, you have any other questions? No, but, um, if it's oh, all right I was, with... I was talking to... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh. Um, you said you recently got this position, correct? Right, yeah, I, uh, a general recently uh, put in for my promotion, and, uh, paperwork finally came back up from Washington, and yeah, it's been about, uh, two months that I've been a, a lieutenant in the Air Force. So, was you transferred up here as a lieutenant, or, uh... Did whoever's in your position no longer... Was they no longer in the position when you got your promotion? And you can see his expressions noticeably fall a little bit. Yeah, and, uh, unfortunately, uh, Lieutenant Handy was uh, one of the individuals that went missing. Uh, yeah, it was actually considered a pretty big breach in security. We had a bunch of investigators up here. It was probably what initiated your response team being deployed. He was uh, someone that had uh, a lot of the launch codes. And that just happened to be... Uh very coincidental but still very good for you to get that position didn't it takes a step back well hey, well, hey come on I, i'm trying to cooperate here i don't want you to get the wrong idea i would never have engineered lieutenant handy's disappearance he was he was great he was so helpful uh-huh and being helpful was he one of the men that was sneaking in the substances <laughs> i mean he may have some had something to do with I mean, there's a lot of people up here that are uh, integral in the... Look, I mean, I'm trying to pin down the uh, access for the medication for the boys. To any one person wouldn't be appropriate, and I wouldn't want that to fall on Lieutenant Handy, especially post-mortem. It would devastate his family. Post-mortem? So, he's right. just missing. You're right, you're right. I don't want to assume that he's dead. I mean, In hopefully. his defense, we have been using the word victim. I'm saying uh, this to try to put him more at ease. I, I will ask something. Where do you get your supply? Uh, you're gonna have to talk to Lieutenant. Uh, you're gonna have to talk to Private uh, Private Lefty. He's um, my source. But please, if you could make sure that this doesn't make it into your report, it's something that's pivotal to our operational readiness. I mean, the boys have to be able to relax. This is a extremely stressful position, especially now that we've upped our readiness level with the invasion of Ukraine. This all could go live at any second and we're not any in any position to make sure that 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 level of, of preparedness is decreased don't worry we have no we won't have to add to the report all right uh, please follow question. me uh, oh go go whoa, go ahead so your lieutenant uh the man who was in your position before you you said it would be bad to put the blame fully on him how many others uh, that have gone missing was in charge of, let's say, distribution of recreations. If my personal opinion, it's probably an even split, 50-50. There are some people that aren't uh, partaking, as it were, but um, the majority of us definitely uh, are finding escape through uh, medicinal means, and uh, um, I don't think there's any kind of correlation. Uh, you know, correlation isn't causation and all that. Uh. All right. All right. Show us where you was going to take us. Yeah, please follow me. I'll take you on over to Sergeant Lefty's, uh, or Private Lefty's computer terminal. And he starts walking down the gantryway over to another portion of the building. And you guys are eventually led up through uh, another level of stairs out into a closet-sized room. Three different gentlemen in it. And on the far wall, placed in front of another DOS terminal, is a gentleman completely absorbed in the scrolling lines of texts. Um... Uh, Private Lefty, uh, one one second of your time, please. These gentlemen would like to speak to you. They're from uh, Washington. The uh, kid. We will probably take him into 
we would do want to go somewhere where we're not overheard. I mean, not overheard by the general. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, there, you know, there is one place that he doesn't go into too often here. Uh, right this way. And he leads you out of the room and down the hallway. The private lefty is almost bouncing off the walls. He's pretty unsteady as you guys kind of uh, sandwich him in between you. You're taken through this down to the end of the hallway, through a door, and the other soldiers, you find them uh, seated around a table playing cards. This is some sort of break room. You see like an ancient 1950s refrigerator that runs better than more modern refrigerators. All right, gentlemen, uh, we're going to need to use this room really quick. Uh, if you all uh, file out, and uh, we'll, we'll make sure that we don't disturb your game. A uh, couple of them groan. Ugh, rah, oh. So they get up, leave the room, leaving you all uh, to your investigation. All right, I'll uh, stand outside the door and knock if you need anything. Okay, um, Private Lefty, we are under the understanding that uh, you are a supplier of certain substances. I don't know what you're talking about. Can I use my pharmacy skill or biology to uh, try to tell what he's on? Biology roll, sir. Uh, if it meets it, does it beat it? Does it fail? Yeah, meets it, beats it. Alright, I just barely, <laughs> barely then. So you look at him and then continue to look into his eyes and you see his eyes are dilated so wide your initial reflexive thought is this is demonic possession surely an exorcism will be needed to banish the devil inside this corrupted man's soul and then you see his eyes are like shaking a little and fluttering and that is a familiar amphetamine uh use you recognize that this man is probably high on ecstasy I'm just going to ask, do you think he's on something? Uh, from looks of it, he appears to be on ecstasy. I'd say he's been on it for quite a while, too. He's keeping uh, his calm so easily. Okay, then we can play this. As much as I'm not a fan of doing it the general's way, we can either t tell us what we want to know, or we can inform the general about your little side operation. Hey, what makes you think the general isn't involved in the side operation getting a cut? And he starts to massage his neck. He see, he is way too straight-laced, way too much into the operation. He thinks there's illicit substances involved. The whip will crack, and it'll be even harder for you to get anything in here. Anything that's even stronger than Advil. Well, it might just be better to bring the general in and have him face these accusations directly with the... Yes, we I talk mean, to a private? Yes, I mean, you've, you've already, we've already know about the illicit substances. We know everybody's doing them. The reason why we don't want the general to, but I mean, if you're, if you want to, uh, if you want us to see about this uh, operation, I mean, Uncle Sam is more than happy to hear. He smirks, and you can tell this young man is higher than a kite on MDMA. Grinning up at you, he's going to suppress a chuckle and say, "Look, man, it's your time to waste. You feel like you need to get the general in here and have him deny everything and go ahead and send you back on south with an empty hands." As your prerogative, but I have a feeling that ain't the reason you're here. We just are curious as to disappear, as to the disappearances. We're here to do a job, and we actually need to know more information about what it is you do. And if you want to continue denying it, please, by all means, we already know. We and we already made a promise to your uh, lieutenant to ensure that uh, we already made a promise to your lieutenant in order to ensure that this remains off the record. So please. All right, all right. If that needs to be the case, I think we might be able to work together. I was starting to get word, and some of the other boys around him liked that pissed disappearances were keeping on going. A couple of us found ways of escaping our worries. We found that it might be a good little side hustle. Make sure that some of these worries were easing in our compatriots. However, the problem continued. Me and a couple of boys started looking around, see what we could find, and down on the lower levels of the blast pad, found something strange. Oh, could I please go on? Not sure what was down there, but looked all burned on the ground, as if something had done charred itself against the glass and the concrete. You don't know what it could have been. Fire extinguisher was unused. It didn't even look like it was missing a charge. And on top of that, some of the maintenance was, it was all chopped up. None of the logs reported anything. Thought that was strange. And then we noticed a lot of the disappearances from the maintenance crew had been working on that level. Uh, what level exactly was it? Bottom floor. This charred object down there, did it look human? 
Did it smell of burnt meat? Yeah, and I don't know what burnt human smells like, but I tell you, it wouldn't look natural. Something like, hey, we didn't think it was one of our boys, as there wasn't no skeleton left over. Would have had to de- it would have had to disassemble it or at least take it out. We didn't find nothing like that, but it's weird. Couldn't explain it. It is possible that someone burnt remains using some of the fuel for these missiles. We've already seen that it leaks out. Wouldn't be hard to collect a pile or a bucket of it down there. Rocket fuel does burn at a high enough degree to incinerate human bone. You know, that was what was weird about it. It was sweet smelling. And while we maintain liquid oxygen, and like you're saying, that is very flammable, it doesn't seem like that was what was used. And I don't like to speculate. Like I said, it was weird. Anything else weird happen around that time? No, and frankly, I'm trying to disconnect, disassociate, trying to run from them emotions. And as my time here, almost up and I'll have completed my deployment. I'll be heading back down south and I'll leave the worries up to you men in the suits. I don't think I have any further questions for him, do you? No, I, uh, is there a special protective equipment that's required to enter into the bottom level? No, I think you'd be alright, me and the other fellas will. Then I think that's time that we arrange a little trip to the bottom level, don't you agree? Yes, however, I think we should uh, have one of the maintenance crew accompany us. That is, yes, I, that probably would be best. You all pile out of the room. Lieutenant Handy meets back up with you, escorting a private lefty back to his station, and then rejoining your group, you start making your way down. Picking up a maintenance individual on the way down is in a orange jumpsuit, and piling back into the elevator, you make it to the lowest level, or just about, a set of stairways has to take you down the last two or three flights to get under the actual rocket boosters. Deep below the tangled gantry ways, draped under a kelp forest of woven cables, tubes, and wires, charging, supplying, pumping, sucking away at the missile, a rat's nest of tech rises into a cacophony of maintenance above the blast floor. Enormous circular rocket exhausts loom above you as you cross underneath one of these missiles. You disappear into the shadows that connect the fuel tanks of the ICBMs that will ignite the liquid oxygen propelling the radioactive doom across the oceans to some unseen city full of people always ready for some half century to kill all life. Because if we didn't, they would. Madness indeed. Inspecting the final level, the boots under your feet stick to the cold concrete pad. The temperature here is colder, probably because it's the lowest level of the installation. Drip, drip, drip. Okay, so uh, we will have him lead us to the location that was told about us by the private. Examine the remains, or whatever was there. Before we go over there, I'd like to walk over to the dripping from the missile silo, or from the missile, and try to like catch some on a cloth or on some object I have, and see if I can tell like what it is, if it's rocket fuel, if it's moisture from the cold, or what. Drip, drip, drip. They're coming from the same spot. As you get closer to the dripping that echoes through this bottom level, you arrive at a charred, radiated spot. The black lines etched into this thin layer of ice that coats the concrete ground. The soggy ground, dripping, spilling evenly from several of the tubes that appear to have been manipulated or cut into a rough circle, filling the air with a vaporous sweetness. It's created a paper-thin layer of frozen droop juice on the ground. And I believe... Greg, I'm going to need either a investigator or mechanics role to tell what exactly this fluid is. Find those. I, I don't see investigate. That's what they were in my notes, so let me find actual skills in here that you have. <laughs> There is accounting, alertness, anthropology, archaeology, Forensic, art, artillery. Forensic, or any kind of, like, mechanical skill. Uh, there is no mechanical skill either, but I do have forensics. Give me a forensics roll. Let me find it again. Okay. Uh, is it military science? Yes. There is military science. <laughs> However, I do not have a number for that one. Yeah, forensics and once is again, fine. once again, met forensics. Ooh. I should probably use a one, uh, 100-sided die that has, like, you know, 100 sides instead of 10. I like the 2D10s. I'm a 2D10 man. I'm using one that's just labeled 00 through uh, 90. And I gotta say, it's, it's, it's giving me a little anxiety every time I roll it now. <laughs> 
So, yeah, you take, you catch a little bit of this liquid onto a cloth handkerchief and bring it up to your nose and you do smell the same sweetness and you recognize that is lead. This is low lead avi- aviation fuel. Have gas. Is the maintenance man with us? He is. Ask, uh, sir, can you explain to me why these tubes currently have fuel in them? Um, well, not not only should those not have any fuel in them, they're... We don't use avgas in this installation. These rockets are powered fuel. Pure liquid oxygen, and frankly, the jets you came in on are fueled with jet fuel. There's no reason to have any kind of avgas. That's for small airplanes. And how was it that your team managed to not find this? Well, like, look, come on, Nick. I'm 18, alright? Like, there is... Uh, this isn't a lot on the checklist. We're not supposed to go through and start licking all the different tubes that are hanging down. I mean, I assume that someone knew what they were doing and that they were supposed to be here. And you just let this flammable, explosive fluid tripping on the floor. A single spark could not only set off that, but then in turn, the missile. Look, look, I'm maintenance. I'm not safety, all right? Like, this is not on my checklist. It's not part of my responsibilities, all right? If we all explode in fiery death, that is someone else's fault. Actually, I'm going to interject. You said you're only 18. Can I ask you, outside of the general, is the oldest, uh, the oldest, uh, member of staff? Uh, well, that's, uh, probably me. Um, you know, I turned, uh, 23 last, uh, last week, so, you know, oldest member in the, in the Air Force here at the silo. Oh, my. Oh my! <laughs> you just said you was eighteen. Oh, uh, that, that, that's a uh, lieutenant. Uh, that's oh. lieutenant Handy. The maintenance guy's okay. eighteen. Um, can I ask why it's only younger soldiers here? <laughs> that's the military. You know, you might not be aware, but uh, military is about twenty twenty-five thousand people um, under their recruitment goals this year. It's um, you know, but they have. Sorry, go ahead. From my knowledge, I would surmise that there would be an older recruit in order to mentor the younger one, perhaps has more experience. Why are they having inexperienced recruits put on such a dangerous mission? This is... This is a mission where if one thing goes wrong, it all goes up, quite literally. Oh, okay. I understand your concerns, but I have you... Well, I guess I can't really claim that we're maintaining the highest safety standards uh, after what you just saw, but we're doing our best, all right? And, you know, we're working with limited resources and uh, under a time schedule, and, you know, frankly, like, uh, if the button needs to get pressed, it it's gonna go, and everything down here is gonna catch on fire anyway. I, I'm uh, just hoping, you know, it's, uh, it's the missile. Is is maintaining its integrity. You know, if a little fuel gets spilled on the ground, we just put some cat litter on it. It's fine. Well, um, I must say that I I don't feel it's safe for anyone to stay here. I mean, if you all are to launch the missile, not only will that catch this fuel on fire, but all the fuel on these lines will also catch fire. Unless we find some way to not only stop the leak, but you know, trace back the fuel source, then I'm afraid we're going to have to empty out the building until we can get enough plane trips to take everyone back. I'm sure you don't want to stay in the cold for that long, do you? Honestly, that would be a uh, best-case scenario. Um, If we all get moved uh, back down south, back to, you know, back home, I'm not going to lie, maybe the... You're really pulling it together. Perhaps the low level of maintenance standards is... Just somewhat intentional, if boys can figure out a, a way of getting us all evacuated back down. Um, I could see why they'd want to uh, n- not blow us up, but uh, get, get the uh, silo declared unsafe and uh, condemned. Is that a thing the military does? No, they honestly, if this, no, if they, I will say this, if the military were to do anything, they would demote your general, which means he is going to take his ire out on all of you, which I'm sure he's already doing that. And furthermore, they are probably going to move you elsewhere and put in more experienced staff. They do not just break down a missile silo and leave it to to rot. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. I didn't think it was going to get worse. Oh, man. All right, look, um, let's go ahead and, uh, and pump this up the chain. This is a little bit out of my pay grade, and I don't think I have the authority to, to really, I mean, oh, jeez. Oh, boy. And he starts 
uh, briskly walking back upstairs, trying to uh, guide you back up to the general's office, and uh, you can tell he's very nervous about having to break this news to him. I still want to get a good look at the charred ones. Yeah, same. All I was right. hoping to find our way back to see like where this fuel could have been injected into the line. If Absolutely. you want, after that. you want, you can actually investigate that, and I can see if I can find anything strange or odd about the body itself. Well, I have a good biology skill, so I should probably be with you for that. All right. I have Must- a... I have forensics, and that's it. All right, so here's what we should do. Go ahead, and uh, Greg, if you'd like to biology, the blast char mark, and uh, forensics for trying to backtrack the tubes and see where they go off into the tangled mess of cables. Uh, forensics is a sickly biology. I can assist with any forensics. Well, I failed at biology. Oh, wait, no, I have to make under a 70, right? Under a 70 for biology, and go okay. ahead with assistance. All right, and with assistance from the doctor, go ahead and roll with advantage for forensics. Okay, thank God for advantage. I got a hundred. Is that bad? That's a critical failure. Oh, so, that's. I got thirty the second time, so I'm good. All right. This dice is really not being good to me. So biology, you notice blood. Blood is underneath this paper-thin layer of frozen aviation, and you see that the blood is actually arcing into a circular pattern, the star inside of it. Is there anything I can be a a cult or anthropology? Yes, if you'd like to roll either of those skills. Can I try both? No, just one. I can try a cult, but... What's your occult rating? 20. If you want to assist me in the occult, we can do the occult. All right, I'll assist. Roll with advantage, doctor. Okay, yep, first one did not make it. Ooh. <laughs> oh my, I am terrible at this. Uh, or wait, does, okay, question. Mm-hmm. If I get double zeros and a seven, does that translate to 7%? Yes, that's very good. Okay, I, yes. I made it at 7%. All zeros, double zeros, and then zero on the single-digit dice is a 100. Okay. So 7% is under your cult rating. That means you can tell that this symbol with the calligraphy, the ancient writings on the side, you recognize this as a transmutation circle dedicated to the ancient god, the comet being that travels through the voids of space, Thothvogoa. The Lord of Fire Vampires. Okay. And as this realization dawns upon the Doctor, Greg, you see these cables, these tubes, snaking up into the tangled mass, descending back down to these barrels all around these blast circles. These barrels are the ones where this sweet, sickly smell is coming from. They're full of avgas. Does this installation have cameras? Yes. I say we should go check the cameras to see who brought in these barrels. Uh, let's see. Meanwhile, I'm going to... Uh, let's see. Well, I should try to confirm my knowledge as to the symbol's significance and the possibility of what this could be used for. Doctor, as you review your notes of the occult, very strange eclectic knowledge that you've collected through the years. You're all guided up through the maze of stairways and tunnels back to the general's office, and you le- and you learn that this ancient being travels between the stars in the coldness of space, feeding on the life energy, the fire, the friction of sentient life forms, and consumes them, draining them of their knowledge before killing and adding it to the collection. This being is a conglomeration of thousands, thousands and thousands, millions of fire vampires that it sends out through the universe to discover sentient life and preparing the way for its arrival. Then you arrive at the general's office, knocking politely. Talk, talk, talk. No, damn it, don't have any hands to knock. But yeah, you knock politely. Uh, Lieutenant Handy gingerly, uh, trepidatiously opens the door. And a coffee mug comes sailing through the air and crashes and shatters off the way, uh, off the window. I told you not to bother me while I was in here. What do you want, Handy? Uh, sir, sir, the uh, je- the investigators from Washington like a word with you. We discovered something on the lower levels that I think should be brought to your attention. Could be a safety hazard. I told you to put it in the report. The maintenance guys will get to it eventually. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am 
I'm not revealing any of the, the, the weird fire vampire stuff to this general. I, I don't think he... I think he'd probably throw me out of the office sooner than lock me up somewhere. <laughs> probably a smart move. He seems like the kind of man to yell satanic panic at D&D. <laughs> probably. Alright, see you back here and that wait outside. I don't want to let's get it out. Uh, Alright, gentlemen, and uh, just so you know, the um, records of the security monitors are in his office. He could probably uh, show you if you convince him. Help you out here. Step inside. Well, yeah. Uh, yep, we general, are, we, are, we. Sorry, continue. We noticed something very, uh, several things, uh, very disturbing at the bottom floors of the asylum. Well, I don't suppose you found ten bodies down there. Wouldn't be surprised if they all were uh, if they were all getting high down there and they suffocated on NOS. Well, we found uh, we found uh, one body, or at least the remains of a body. And uh, wonderful, you're done here. I suppose you'll be heading back down. If accommodations in order, I'll put a glowing review in my report for you, gentlemen. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. What? That's not what disturbs me. You have young lieutenants and even younger privates and young maintenance workers with no mentorship and discovery of, what is it, avgas? I think that this is a, I think that we require a bit more investigation unless you want to see a four-star general become a three-star general very quickly. Do I have to roll a lie to somebody? Um, yeah, so if you would like to lie to someone, I would need a... Pretty sure this is an intimidation check currently, but if you would like uh, to lie... I am not I am not intimidated. I have no intimidation. I have persuasion, though. Um, alright, yeah, I'll accept a persuasion. As a, This is a very heavy-handed persuasion, but absolutely. Uh, my persuasion was going to be, uh... Was it navgas? That's what it's called. Aviation gas. Avgas. Avgas. I say, well, uh, in my investigations, usually the discovery of barrels of avgas like that is treasonous sabotage of missiles. This is just what I need. Some off there, rocker. Young bucks trying to make a name for themselves in the industry. Oh boy, here we go. Look, if you want to try and browse through the agency or wherever you're from, three-letter organization, you can do it without getting off my, my back on my name. I rolled a 57, so, and uh, mine is 60. <sighs> Look, I, I have friends down down in Washington that will protect me, but I don't want to have to call those contacts in. Look, we, I'm sure we can address the safety concerns you have. Uh, look, what, what is it you need to know, alright? I'm willing to cooperate. I was instructed to cooperate fully, and that's what you'll get. Uh, one second. And he goes to his phone, and he, uh, oh, he dials like three three numbers and it's like boat maintenance get the fuck up here bring everyone we're gonna need a full crew it's gonna be overhaul down on what did you say lower level on the lower levels i want you in my office in five minutes ching slams phone down lastly we assume that there are cameras throughout the base of course, I should have seen you coming, all right. And he um, he rolls his rolly chair over to uh, the side area, and he's got one of these eight, like really old Macintosh computer screens that is longer than it is wide, and he presses that, and it uh, like comes to life like an old TV screen with like the thin line in the middle as the fuzz kind of starts to uh, materialate materialize on the surface of the on the screen all right well, what is it you want to see on the uh, security footage we have only got a few observation points most of the security cameras are uh, down for maintenance uh, i can tell you lightness is really really needs an improvement we're short-staffed short-staffed uh, i assume that a missile silo such as this of this magnitude would have a cargo bay door one that's used to pull in like vehicles or larger equipment that can't fit to the front Everything was engineered back in the 50s, and all the cargo bays, and all that was taken away. We've been uh, having to maintain everything from inside, and you saw the only singular point of entrance is the uh, elevator shaft. All the equipment needs to be routed through there. And is there a camera focused on the elevator shaft, or any of the hallways leading to it? We have one camera, like the one that uh, you scanned your badges in front of for verification of identity before you made it into the installation. Also have a single camera monitoring the hallway leading uh, down into the bustle silos. Uh, 
Other than a few, other cameras monitoring the barracks and the uh, common areas of the soldiers, so we can maintain personnel, observation, um, but uh, uh, only one of those work, by the way. Uh, uh, we, uh, yeah, it looks like the old uh, barracks is uh, down again, damn it. Um, there looks like the only operational one is in the common room. And he pulls up a image of the kids, uh, excuse me, of the soldiers playing cards once again. Uh, we need to know who it was that brought in the several barrels of fuel that you're not supposed to have here. Hold on. He starts scrolling through the different footages, and you see flittering across the screen and uh, double speed. People going in reverse. You see them doing uh, moonwalks back into their rear, uh, back in and out of the barracks through the lavatories and lavatories, bathrooms. And then you eventually find six barrels being escorted out of the elevator down into the lower levels. Can we see who it is that's escorting? Yes, you can. And right as you recognize the individuals taking these barrels down to the lower levels, you see that they're wearing jumpsuits. This is black and white imagery that you're looking at. It's a very small screen, and you are looking over the general shoulder, and he is uh, not providing the most clear line of sight to the screen. That's when six young men in orange coveralls come in through the door behind you, looking trepidatious as they clearly do not want to be in the general's office while he's in one of his moods. They uh, come on in and they report, uh, yes, Jeff, we're here to, for the maintenance that you requested, here to take out that ticket. Great, great, I'll accompany you back downstairs and we'll see what this leaking half-gas situation, I'll see it, believe this when I see it. Well, I'll make sure that everything's well documented for these gentlemen here. Make sure nothing's a fire hazard or whatever. You, gentlemen, you uh, have access to the computer. This is how you operate forwards, backwards, and uh, anything you want to look at in this screen. Please don't go back any further or look at the uh, common room. But please respect the privacy of these young soldiers. All right. And he stomps out, walking directly through the group of maintenance workers and proceeds out towards the elevator, leading them. And he is going to proceed down to lower levels and take care of this maintenance issue. So we got bought ourselves a good while to at least take a look at videos. That's correct. Who was it, who was it I... that was bringing in the barrels? So you sit down at the uh, computer screen, you sit in the general's royal chair, and forward, fast forwarding, rewinding, like the video was playing a little bit, so it's, it's gotten to the point where the maintenance workers are out of the screen, but you recognize that these people bringing in the barrels are the same maintenance workers with their coveralls, very similar to the ones that you just saw enter behind you, Orin. How many maintenance workers are there on the video versus how many just left the room? Six. Do we know how how old this video is? You look at the timestamp, about a year. Right, so clearly these men was in cahoots before the other maintenance workers went missing. Uh, they probably went missing because they found the barrel. Okay, uh, now would I have revealed to him what I have, you know, gleaned from the body, from the remains? I did assist you, so I think so. So, do you think that these are... The issue is, is... I wouldn't think that there's, like, if he is a vampire, I don't think he's probably mind-controlling a lot of them. Could it be a cult? You know? I, I I would say cult. I'd say they're, fol they're followers of, of him. In which case, do you think that there's somebody who's... that, uh, Or maybe they're being duped by some higher rank and made to become unwitting sacrifices to whatever this thing is. I would say no, because the maintenance man that was down there with us said that the barrels uh, wasn't supposed to be there and that he had never seen them before. But don't you find it odd? Now hear me out. Don't you find it odd that we have a bunch of recruits, still young, know very little, and yet how many people have gone missing over the last year? I'm kind of curious as to the age of I'm wondering... I want to have a chat and ask the age of the first person that went missing. I, but I think we should uh, get the maintenance men uh, into some cuffs or something of that nature, or maybe even speak. Uh, maybe we the can try to. Right now. Maybe we can try to irritate them by speaking about their god as if he was some lonely comic book character <laughs> or something well, like that. Well, the issue is, is I don't think they're all part of the cult. If they would be, the moment that we discovered this, they may he may have just outright done something but no he seemed completely oblivious to the fact that this gas the av gas was there exactly but he's on the camera bringing it in 
I mean, is he? Is is that maintenance worker? That specific maintenance worker on the camera? Yeah, the same six. Then all six of them are in cahoots. That's what we did. I think. Uh, you think he was being a little duplicitous? Yeah, I think that they killed the missing maintenance workers or disappeared them, sacrificed them, whatever they did, because they found the barrels. And now they have the general alone at the bottom of a ladder that you could easily fall down. Or work. Yes, as well as. And I, I'm going to guarantee you, nobody's going to miss him if he goes missing. No, As you guys but... put it together, you hear screaming, rising up through the missile silo, echoing off the metallic walls. Horrible, tortured screams. Okay, we are... Okay, I'm going to grab my pistol, and I am marching down there. I'm oh, jeez, oh god, oh god, what's happening? Not again! Oh god, it's happening again! Again? You sprint by this young man and start pressing the button for the elevator, trying to summon it up to the top floor. It's coming from the bottom level. You can hear it creaking up the elevator shaft all the way down from below. The lieutenant is a shamble. He is melted into a puddle, and he is croaking and babbling almost co incoherently at the foot of the elevator. Okay, this is the moment where the professor, I guess, becomes the, the four-star general. No, 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 please. Please don't let them hurt me. I just, I didn't I'm want this to happen to, again. I'm going to grab him, I'm going to slap him, and I'm <sighs> going to say, get a grip, soldier. Yes, sir, sir, yes, sir. You're going to inform our men, you're going to arm up, and you're going to assist in whatever we do. If that general is dead... Well, I guess that that's acceptable losses at this stage. But we're going to make sure this doesn't happen again to anyone else. Now, are we, sir? Now, are we, Private? Sir, yes, sir. Arm up the remaining uh, soldiers, and, and uh, we'll, we'll come on down and reinforce your position immediately, sir. Get to it. Also get a gun. I have nothing but my fist and a smartphone. <laughs> Bing. Elevator door opens up. He, uh, Lieutenant Lefty, immediately starts running over the gantry ways, over to the soldiers' barracks, and starts waking up, alarming people and getting them ready as you guys pile into the elevator, press the elevator button, and doors slowly, too slowly, close as you guys are slowly lowered down to the bottom level. I'm keeping my pistol at the ready. If I see... The moment I see the whites in the eyes, I'm going for it. I'm going to hide behind the soldiers as I have no gun. The soldiers are making their way down the gantry, but they're not as fast. They actually have to take these metal stairways. You can hear the echoes of their footsteps clamoring and clanking down below after you, but still the elevator's faster, and it makes it to the bottom. Well ahead of them, the doors open, creaks open, as you guys make your way back through the missile silos underneath the launch pad and back to the blast area where you find six young men readying your pistol. Doctor, you see them with wild lust for violence showing in each of their eyes as they beat the in, uh, encircled general with his practice savagery. They break the older man's knees. Sickening crunch of sinew and bone break beneath pipe wrenches coated with blood. One jittery cultist grabs the graying crew cut of the old professional, lifting him up into the air at eye level before bouncing his head off the ground. Crack! And the frozen fuel lifting him up again. At the top of the arc, he slams the skull down again and again, splintering and cracking in giant crevices the luminous rainbow slick that soaks with blood from his wounds. He stops moving, stepping back. Each of the men reach for the dangling tubes with the others, hand with the others, hand pumping the Avgas through the mesh of doused tubes washing the commander in the gasoline. He sputters weakly, trying to remove the now pink liquid from his mouth. The charred soot stain on the newer, on the newer, never used blast pad suddenly makes sense. They've been burning people alive. And you ready your pistol. Laughs ripple out from the cultists. One of them snickers, tossing a lit cigarette onto the soaked man. What do uh, you do? Can I make a well, suggestion? Well, we can't. I can reason with them. Uh, uh, we are going to hope that cigarette doesn't catch the general on fire. And if it does, well, I don't know how we're going to save him. Well, I have an idea, but it's not going to be very much help if we're like 2v6. I have an idea to make it Novi's Novi too. What's your suggestion, Coffee? Um, what if we shoot the barrels? Uh, because 
I'm assuming That's... that we can see the barrels. And here's the thing, shooting a barrel of gasoline will not set off the gasoline because there's no air inside the barrel. You'll just puncture a hole in it. A spark would have happened when it hit the metal. So, and even then, once the bullet's inside the gas, it'll exit out the other side and still not make a spark because there's no, there's no oxygen in there to burn. So if you used to shoot the barrel in the direction to where the fluid would rush over towards them, then it would catch fire when it met up with the general's burning soon-to-be corpse. And we could, you know, close the elevator doors and be protected from the blast. This is a very important decision, so I'm going to give you guys a moment to think it over what happens, even though this is a split second of time. Yeah, my issue is that, well, if it does go off, what happens, what's with about the rest of the, uh... Missile? Yeah. Presumably the missile is in better shape than the actual leaking hoses that they sabotaged. I'm assuming they wouldn't want to kill themselves in the event of a fire. The missile should have a suppression system. It actually needs to have the fuel released manually oh. or remotely. And I've already surmised that the general is pretty much dead. I mean, dude was an ass, but he didn't deserve this. I mean, what's the odds that we're going to get him usable first, a usable uh, medical attention? I, I have a first aid kit, but I can't fix those knees or his skull. In this half second, you watch as the burbling screams rise from the officer as he just twists in agony. Muscles wrap around broken bones as his face projects fire an unhinged screaming jaw of plasma uh that's 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 bad uh looks uh which um that's very very bad runes beneath the thin layer of jet fuel ignite as the pentagram submerged beneath the frozen fuel begins to burn the soul of the immolated flesh the shrieks howl too loud, echoing up the missile silo. Okay, okay, this is the chance. I'm shooting that barrel. Let's go with your plan. And then, you know, GTFO from the into the elevator. Yeah, I'm, I'm that... going to go ahead and step back in the elevator and start, like, spam hitting, like, almost breaking. <laughs> close, 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 close doors. <laughs> yes, I am, I am. Yeah, meanwhile, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to run to the elevator, and then I'm going to take an aimed shot at the barrel. Is there is there a hatch oh, yes. on the top of the elevator for us to get, like, in the elevator shaft? So you're going to roll with advantage on this aimed shot, because you prepared, a, you said earlier, you were aiming, so it's going to be a with advantage shot against the barrels. Go ahead and roll that up. I missed your question, Coffee. Is there a like, maintenance hatch on the top of the elevator? I'm assuming this elevator is going to work after. And getting up there and closing the door would be, like, very good, because most people... Okay. Well, on, it would depend on the opens up or down. It would be better. All right. You're pretty uh, focused shot. on this button. Well, how'd that shot go? Uh, I got a 14, and the skill percentage is a 40. Well done. You blast this barrel, and it starts leaking fuel, and it quickly combines with the man who has been turned into a fire vampire before your very eyes. And swirling around the room, it adds to the conflagration, growing the vampire, until he fills the entire room. You catch just a glimpse as all six of these cultists are eaten alive, burned to char, and turned into ash as the fire vampire rises up, consuming the young soldiers that you sent down the silo to reinforce you. You hear their screams. Join those of the six cultists as they too are burned alive and turned into ash as the fire vampire turns back down and screams down towards you in the elevator and just as the elevator door closes you feel the heat pound through a wave of hot sick air contrasting starkly with the cold breath as you immediately start getting pulled up that was probably not the best decision well, those soldiers had it coming because apparently they already knew that people get burned alive down there and they didn't say shit. It he takes said, you. oh god, it's happening again. He knew. <laughs> he deserved this. Wow! At this point, you guys are running through this missile silo as everything starts to explode and catch on fire, just staying ahead of it in some kind of Halo-esque running battle. You are seen just behind you, licking at your heels, the fair vampire trying to catch back up with you. It's fast. I'm gonna need athletics checks if that is a skill. Yes, it is in this game. Ha, <laughs> yeah. Um, is there any uh, fire extinguishers on the wall? There are. I have no athletic skill. 
Baseline of 30. I have lost my die. Hold on. There it is. All right. My oh, athletics is... Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, I rolled a 14. I Ooh, tripped and well All right. I'm going to say while you're fumbling, Greg, for the fire extinguisher, you point it just as the fire vampire is about to overtake you, and you pull it. It's been sabotaged. I'm going to need a doubt roll. Okay, I'm 40. 20, all right. You were able to dive into this uh, surface elevator just as this thing beats once again into the doors. You guys are hit by almost a pressure wave as the elevator uh, propulsion, it, it's increased. You guys are pushed up the elevator shaft, pushed by this giant wave of flames as this entire installation explodes behind you. You race up to the surface, rushing from the elevator back out into the howling ice and the sky is lined with these parabolic arcs, 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 arcs of contrail as a radioactive doom rockets faster than sound to forever seal humanity's fate. The missiles have been launched. The fire, the fire vampire has spread his knowledge, consumed. The general has passed the codes along to the other fire vampires in the other installations. The cultists have learned the launch codes, and they have launched nuclear hell upon Earth. Time stops. The unreal inevitable moment that the boomers lived in fear of for their whole lives, and the rest of us forgot, shatters as the horizon blares with white flashes, like hundreds of dispersed sunrises bringing a false dawn. The darkness banished as you look out. It's daylight, but the sun, the suns, remain below the horizon. This false dawn expands around you. Huge mushroom clouds rise up, dotting the sky under a harsh white light, casting multiple silhouettes from you all. Your shadows, six or seven of them, in all different directions. Screams fill the air. You see fiery faces, hundreds of miles wide, erupting from the points of light. The fire vampires are consuming the explosions, growing to the size of moons before reaching up into the upper reaches of the atmosphere and conglomerating into one terrible visage. Jaws open, bathing the earth in unholy wails that vibrate your very soul, blinking away the pain from your knees as you watch its minutes-long journey as it races at the speed of light, a comet of tail of fire to our yellow sun and distends its mouth wide, wrapping a serpent-like tongue around its warmth. It eats our star. It pulses. Blue lightning arcing through Venus and Mercury, shattering them into cosmic dust. Before, in the blink of an eye, it shrinks from the sky, leaving our system forever. Aurora Borealis, so bright, the snow glows white as if reflecting black light that slowly fades beneath the rippling light. Shows it's getting cloudy, and clouds form from ubiquitous haze, obscuring the magnificent parade of electromagnetic radiation playing across our magnetosphere, stealing away the heavens from what you know will be a very, very long time. Maybe we should have just shot the general. Like, b before he got burned. That was so the only way to- him. that was the only way to save humanity. <laughs> like, I had the thought. I just- I wasn't sure. But I guess now that everything's dark, I'd like to take out my smartphone and turn on the flashlight. <laughs> That's all I can do. You guys have a little bit of light, as long as the battery lasts. And then, time passes. Millennia's pass. The Earth slowly warming, slowly warms from the frozen snowball encased in nuclear winter, melting small isolated oceans that gradually expand and connect. Millions of years later, one species of particularly intelligent octopus begins working together to create huge underwater cities that cover huge swaths of the seafloor in marvelous technology, fostering harmony with the Earth as they learn and adapt to their own their own behavior 
to avoid the mistakes of previous species. Then, one day, quite suddenly, every single octopus in their great and powerful society stops and awkwardly flops around. From uh, outside, the outside observer would not see anything violent or drastic happening. Only a few weeks of awkward adaptation interrupts the wondrous society as the Yithians seize control of the bodies, shunting their minds across time to usurp the bodies of the octopi people, and a new dynasty is ushered in. End scene. <laughs> okay. Well, we doomed the world. Yes. <laughs> Do you guys have any questions? <laughs> I had no idea that killing the. I was just gonna just like start shooting at at the uh, at the cultists. I thought about shooting the general, but not for that reason. I was like, maybe we should just put him out of his misery. That was the only way to protect the the coats from falling into the fire vampire's hands was shooting the general. He was I a very forgot. Sorry. No. Yep. No. Nope, that was it. Very um, split second choice. You essentially had one opportunity. I was planning on actually doing a little bit of combat there, but you guys outran him. So, yep. Good job on that. Was there even a way to kill the fire vampire? Yeah, you could have shot him. Would he have spread his knowledge everywhere, or would he have? Oh, no, you could have killed the fire vampire, but humanity was doomed as soon as they burned him alive. There was more than one vampire. Yes. Oh. Yep, the fire vampires had had gone around taking over uh, and instituting cults at all the different um, Alaska installations. So they essentially just needed, like, the final codes to launch the nukes and uh, bring about a nuclear apocalypse. I had no idea that would happen. Surprise! I was expecting this to end with him next week for playing Fallout. Honestly, I was expecting the... I was expecting these just to be cultists and not actual fire vampires. I thought they were just worshipping one. Or like, servants to one. They they was. They was cultist. But there was different fire vampires, kind of like a hive mind, that had put cultists in these places. Well, this is my first time hearing of them, so... <laughs> yeah, it was kind of everybody's first time when they saw that bright light. <laughs> Cultist. Oh, you guys are incorrigible. Just remember, at least cultists have a lot of friends. Well, hopefully the next ending is better. <laughs> Rewind time! <laughs> Play the credits, alright. Well, I want to thank you all very much for playing. Good night.